us in our hyphen class. We say, God bless you. to the book of Acts, the third chapter, like what I feel here today. Verse 1, Acts 3, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. They laid there daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. They came, he came to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Uh, he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, so he asked an alms. Verse 4, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. Now verse 5 says, he gave heed unto them except, expecting to receive something of them. Pay particular attention to verse 6. I don't really want to talk to you today so much about the man's condition or even the man's miracle so much as I want to show you the key, the key to his miracle, which is in verse 6 when Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have I say such as I have say it again such as I have he said such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God Lord speak to us one more time today we pray God anoint me God let me speak under your unction under your anointing I pray for your people today Lord God wake us up to the things you have for us in the spirit use us I pray God anoint us afresh I pray we give you the praise and the glory. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, greet two or three people. Would you do it before you sit down? Tell them how glad you are to be in the house of the Lord with them. The key to the miracle of the lame beggar is... Uh, is given us, I believe, in verse 6, where Peter and um, John are encountering this man, perhaps not for the first time because he was laid there daily, and they, I'm sure, were regular attenders of prayer service at the church, so probably had seen him maybe many times before, maybe knew his name. I don't know. We don't know. But whether or not it was the first time, there was something different today. Uh, for in chapter 2 of the book of Acts, something radically changed in the life of Peter, who uh, was among that 120 people in the upper room that was filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. It was the inaugural outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It fell on the 120 roundabout there in the upper room first, and then it fell on another 3,000. And then we get to Acts chapter 3, and now we see... For the first time, human vessels being used by supernatural anointing. Jesus, of course, was God and man. But Jesus said to his followers, the works that I do shall you do also. He said, greater works than these do. He said, I'm going to send the comforter. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them here at one point and said, receive the Holy Ghost. He told them before he ascended up into heaven, the last commandment he gave them was to go into Jerusalem and tarry. He said, and you're going to be endued with power from on high. 
That was the promise. They go to Jerusalem. They do as Jesus had instructed them to do. They wait. They tarry. And and sure enough, in the book of Acts, the second chapter, they receive that precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's kind of like Elisha when he took up the mantle of Elijah. And he said, I'm going to go out here to this this river. I'm going to try this thing out. He said said he's going to let me have a double portion of his power. So the first thing he does is to walk right up to the Jordan River where he had seen his predecessor smite the waters with his mantle and the water parted and the, the river dried up. So he just walked up and he called on the God of Elijah that we sung about a while ago. We, he called on the God of Elijah and said, let's see, are you there, God? And the river dried up just like it had for Elijah. It dried up for Elisha. And he discovered that, yes, the power is mine too. Now the disciples, this is kind of their Jordan River experience. They walk up to this lame beggar. They've never prayed for anybody and they be healed. One time they prayed for a man, a man who brought his boy uh, possessed with the devil and they prayed and nothing happened. Right? So if you, the only time you ever really prayed for something to happen, it didn't happen. Now you're going to walk up to this lame man and tell him to get up and walk. That takes boldness. That's really what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes is boldness. Boldness. I'm going to tell you that Peter and John received in Acts 2 exactly what Jesus said they would receive, which was power from on high. Now they've got exactly what Jesus told them they would have. They've got exactly what they need from the Lord. Everything they need to fulfill Everything that Jesus said they would fulfill, laying hands on the sick, they shall recover. If you take up serpents, if you drink any deadly thing, no, 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 no demons are going to stand against you. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Works that I do, greater works than these shall you do. All those things that Jesus told them would happen, they have now been infused and in, in filled with the anointing, the power to do it. They are no longer waiting they were waiting until acts 2 but they're not waiting anymore they've received it now the problem with with some of god's people are we're still in waiting mode when we've already received what we need to do what god has told us to do we're waiting as though we've never received it but we've already received it now this morning i was preaching to god's people who had been in the church and walked away but this afternoon i'm talking to those of you still here We just need a little wake-up call to the fact that everything we need to do, everything that God has charged us to do, we have the power in us. We're not waiting. We're not waiting on some new sermon. We're not waiting on another service. We're not waiting on another Bible study. We're not waiting on another move of God. It's in us. And so when Peter and John walk up to this lame beggar this day, And he asked alms, Peter, with faith and the Holy Ghost. Think about it. It wasn't faith in his ability. It was faith in the Holy Ghost that was in him. Peter didn't have to uh, have the, the, the choir sing. He didn't have the praise team sing. He didn't preach an hour sermon. It wasn't at the end of the sermon and the beginning of the altar service. It wasn't a church full of people. It was just he and John, and he just had what he needed. It was in him. I'm telling you, you carry everything you need with you. You don't have to be in a special meeting. It's not a special time. It's not a special service. It's not a special sermon. Nobody else has to be. You've got it in you. Now, let's skip over this just for a moment, and let me take you to chapter 4. So we already read the miracle in chapter 3. They pray for the lame beggar, and he walks. In fact, he leaps into the temple, and he's now healed. And it causes this great stir in chapter 4 because uh, a crowd begins to gather and Peter preaches to the crowd in chapter 3 and verse uh, chapter 4. The Bible says that uh, as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. They were grieved that they were teaching the people and that they were preaching through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They weren't too bothered by the miracle, but they were real bothered by the message. And so they laid hands on them and they put them in hold. Now this means that they were in custody. They were arrested for what they were preaching. And they threw them in the holding cell 
until the next day, for it was already even tide. So it was evening. How be it? In verse 4, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So in that little gap between the miracle, the devil, the devil has to really act fast because God moves very quickly. So in that little gap between that lame beggar getting up and trying out his new legs and the next uh, few hours when the, 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 the priests and all these Sadducees come upon them to arrest them, they've already preached enough word in just a little bitty sermon that 5,000 people, Brother Deckard, had received the Holy Ghost and that little bitty church service, five that you know what I believe? I believe that we can have a service where thousands of people, even watching online, thousands of people could receive the Holy Ghost in 10 minutes, five minutes, three minutes. Why not if they just believe the preached word? So the devil has to act very quickly. He sees what's going on. He tried to stop it on the, on the cross, and it didn't stop it. It just made it worse. And now he says, now i got to chase after 12 of these Jesus people. You know, Now thousands? It got out of hand, so he's trying to shut down the swords. He's trying to shut down Peter while he still can. And every time you try to squash one of God's people that are full of the Holy Ghost. I remember stepping on a spider one time. And it looked like millions. This little bitty spider started running out of that thing. Anybody ever do that? No. Peter, Peter's not watching. You could admit to killing spiders. So that's kind of what happens when the devil tries to squash a Christian. You just made it worse, devil. Because you try to keep God's people down and we just multiply. There's a power in us that won't be extinguished. So 5,000 got it. And it came to pass, verse 5, that on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and all of the kindred of the high priests were gathered together. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them by what power they preached. And Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost in verse number 8. And he began to preach to them now. <laughs> That's a great, great, great example of Peter just being bold enough to take advantage of every situation. And he preaches to them and he tells them that they're wrong and that there's no salvation. In verse 12, there, there's, uh, there's, uh, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You ask us by what name? Let me tell you. Not only what name, but let me tell you, that's the only name. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. So it wasn't so much what they were saying. It wasn't even um, as much of, of what, what, who they were saying it about. It wasn't so much the miracle. It was the boldness that they had. The boldness of Peter. Everybody say boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They perceived that they're unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled that they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. Now they look at this man who had this miracle standing with them. They, could, they couldn't say anything against the miracle because the miracle spoke for itself. But when they commanded them to go out, uh, aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Now, these men are saying, what are we going to do in verse 16? What, what are we going to do with these men? There's, this, this miracle is undeniable. We can't do anything about it. Um, and and uh, that, that has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. This is before Facebook, folks. This thing's getting out of hand. Word of mouth. We can't deny it. Everybody's talking about this miracle. So he says, so that it spreads no further, here's what we're going to do. So here's, here's the devil's remedy to this revival that's taking place. He's tried to kill Jesus and it didn't work. He tried to squash it out over here in Acts 2, didn't work. 3, didn't work. Now in 4, here's, here's the way the devil, he says, here's what we're going to do. We'll just tell them not to speak. Well, just tell them not to teach or preach anymore. Problem solved. Come on. Listen to me. Ordinary men, ordinary women, that would work. Ordinary people can be intimidated. If you don't believe in the cause, you'll be intimidated. 
if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about right now, not in Acts chapter 4. I'm talking about now, 2022. If you're not full of the power of the Holy Ghost that Peter and John manifest here, you will be intimidated. You won't even want to pray over your meal in a restaurant. Let alone speak up when some dignitary is threatening you uh, that you're going to die if you preach. You won't even you won't even say a prayer in the mall. Somebody laying there on the ground dying. You'll be too intimidated to speak out the name of Jesus in a public setting. But I'm going to tell you that if you are full of the Holy Ghost, there is a boldness in you that you can speak out even when your life is in jeopardy, even when they are threatening you. Devil, you can't shut us up. We've got the Holy Ghost in us. You can't make us be quiet. We will not be silent. Come on, you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Somebody shout yes. So here's the answer. Here's what we'll do. We, 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 it says, they called them and they commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, now, folks, I'm going to tell you what Peter and John dealt with in verse 19. We're going to have to come to terms with this. It is upon you and I now. It's nice to read about Peter and John, and it's nice to preach about Peter and John. And I get excited when I read them say, well, you, what would you do? Would you listen to God? That's great. But I'm going to tell you, it's on us now. I love this country we live in, and thank God we've had freedom for a long time. But how many know things are a-changing? Things are changing. Amen. And here we are in a changing world with an unchanging word broadcasting it out on live stream. We must be crazy. <laughs> what we're broadcasting today is not really illegal, but maybe in a few months it might be. Maybe after this next election it might be. To get up here and say what I said this morning about genders are real. I said that 20 years ago, I'd be laughed out of the pulpit. What are you talking about? Genders are real? Of course they're real. What are you talking about? I say it today, and everybody's like, amen, there are, there's two genders. Amen. Why do, we, why do we have to preach that? Right? Because we're this close to it being illegal to declare the truth. We're this close to it being illegal to say, here's what the Word of God says about homosexuality. We're this, close to, we're, we're this close to me being dragged off to jail and maybe you being put in jail for just saying, amen, that's right, uh-huh. So we got to come to terms with this scripture right here. Acts 4, 19. I really do. I believe we're at a precipice right now that's going to divide some wheat from tares. You can't, you know, tares and wheat can grow together for so long, but there comes a dividing time. They come in here talking about hauling you off to jail if you don't deny Jesus. And we'll find out who the wheat is and who the tares are real quick. Because wheat sounds like this. Uh, you tell us whether it be right to uh, in the sight of God. Well, let's talk about in the sight of God. This is where it's at. This is not in the sight of your pastor. I know some people, they talk one way in front of the pastor and another way in front of other people. I'm not in the sight of your pastor. Talk one way in front of mom and dad and another way when mom and dad. I'm not talking about in the sight of mom and dad. But whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, uh, you tell us. You be the judge. You tell you people that are telling us to be quiet. You tell me if I have to listen to you or I have to listen to God, tell me who I should listen to. Go ahead, verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. This is where we are. This is where we are. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get tougher. So better settle it. If you haven't seen it, if you really haven't heard it, you'll run. You'll, you'll, you'll cave. But he says, no, 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 you've got to understand, we've seen some things, we've heard some things that have changed us. We were in the upper room, and boom, cloven tongues like a sapphire, sound of a rushing mighty wind. We were 
were all filled with the Holy Ghost began to speak in other tongues. We saw 3,000 people filled with it. Never heard about it in their lives. Bam. And then we get over here and we see 5,000 more. And then we walk over here and we pray for a lame beggar and he gets up and walks. And we saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Three, three days, four, four days in the grave. We've seen some things. We've heard some things. I'm, I'm just telling you, you're, this thing's either experiential for you or it is not. If you're just an observer and they come in here and threaten to haul you off the jail, you'll be gone like that. But if you are a participant in this thing, if, this, if you're real, if this is real, if you're not just in here saying, well, I get my little praise on, go back to my life. If, but if you really are committed to the Lord, you will say, you will have to say things like, look, judge, look, your honor. Look, officer. Look, uh, boss. Maybe we're not there with the with the judges and the officers yet, but I believe we're going to be there. But, but hey, look, Mr. Boss, man, Mr. Boss, woman. I, you tell me not to pray over my food. I, I got to listen to the Lord. You tell me I got to wear some, certain stuff that goes against my beliefs. I got to listen to the Lord. <laughs> so is this real or is it not? Now, I know it's real, but do you know it's real? I know what I know. I know what I've seen and heard, but what have you seen and heard it? So we can't speak the things which we have seen and the things that we have heard. So go on to verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go. They didn't have any reason to hold them. Didn't have any reason to punish them. And because also the people, for all the men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was about 40 years old. This miracle, there's like this miracle, this changed everything. So what we need, we need some services where God is confirming his word with signs, miracles, and wonders. You believe that? I, I, I mean, I, I really believe, listen to uh, these these cameras in here, they need to capture more than just people praising God, worshiping God. That's wonderful. And people amening the word. That's wonderful. Can you imagine what would happen if these cameras captured somebody in a wheelchair? Push their own wheelchair out the door. Just throw it out there in the trash. What would happen if somebody who's missing fingers? Can God do that? We still believe this. What, what, what happens when God begins to do miracles like that and the people that are watching it say, say well, but the, that a notable miracle was done in that church. We cannot deny that. Uh, we don't like what they're saying. We don't necessarily like what they're doing. We don't like it when they get up there and, 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 and talk about, yes, there's a male and female, only male and female. We don't like that, but boy, look what's happening to these males and females when they go to church. They're getting healed. They're getting delivered. And drug addicts are getting delivered. And... Brother Stone King, when he went, he was pastoring in uh, New York years ago. He uh, he did a tent revival and uh, set up a little tent, some sawdust a sawdust floor, and he uh, in that revival he uh, before that when he first met the pastor there he 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 had prayed for a man who was a, a drug addict for many years, and uh, God delivered him. And some time later he was doing this tent revival, and so somebody complained about the noise. He said they didn't complain about the, the rock concerts and everything else, but they complained when the, when the people of God began to have church, they complained. So he had to go face the judge, and so when he knew he was going to face the judge, he took this former drug addict to meet the judge. And the judge, uh, he said, Your Honor, I'm here. You've, been, you've called me in. I'm here today to stand before you. He says, Yeah, tell me, Pastor, what are you doing down there? And he said, Well, let me introduce you <laughs> to so-and-so and he told his testimony I used to hang out down at the crack house down here down the road where your officers are called to all the time their lives are put at risk when they go in there and separate fights and people that are stealing and killing and and robbing and and uh, robbing stores so they can get their drug money that that's what I used to be in that mess and then I went to this church and I found this Jesus and it changed my life. And I've been clean now for these all these years. And I don't do that drug anymore. And I haven't been in the system anymore. And I haven't been in prisons anymore. And Brother Stone King said, Judge, Your Honor, what the 
police could not do and what the judges could not do and what the system could not do, my Jesus can do. And what you're hearing down there is the sound of our Jesus doing what our Jesus does best. So when they get delivered, there's no denying. When, when somebody's life is turned around, the devil has no ammo against that. When an alcoholic who's beating his kids gets delivered and everybody that knows about it says, we don't, what do we do with that? You, you can argue whether there's a God or not. You can argue whether there's a creator or not. You can argue whether all of these things are necessary or not. But you cannot argue when somebody's life is changed, when miracles are done. We need that. Folks, I'm telling you what God wants to do in these last days is going to require us to step it up. We need more than, I thank God for good singing. I thank God for a good church. I thank God, but we're, we're past the time where a good church will do it. We need the power of God. I'm not up here talking to you about something new. I don't think there's any new anointings that need to fall on us. No new uh, moves, new touches, new this, new that. We don't need, we're always talking about something new. You, go to, you can go to a, 15 conferences this year to tell you about new anointings and new prayers and new this and new that. We don't need anything new. I'm just, I came to tell you what you need is already in you. You've got it. So when Peter and John walked up to the lame beggar, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pray, well, let us go get it. They said, silver and gold we have none. Thank God they didn't have silver and gold. Because they would have continued to rely on their own resources. And God's bringing them now to a new place. This is where we are. New place. New place. There was a time when we talked, if, if we had been talking, you know, some of you, some of you are going, I'm just ready for the, when I say this. So let me just say it and bust this, bust through this little, this little thing here that we got to bust through. Never in the history of me being a pastor here have I, have I ever talked about doing a million dollar anything, ever. When we were talking about building, a, a, buying the property, it was 600 and some thousand dollars. And that was pretty, I was like, I don't know, people are going to talk, what people going to think about 600? We've always just been a little church on Vine Street and we built this building, I don't know, $500,000 or something like that. And then we had to buy the house and tear it down and all that. And Mary, Mary's house, she lived here. And uh, so, um, pray for her, by the way, still looking for a home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never forget that conversation. I thought, Lord, you know, if we're going to stay here, we need that house. But I don't want to go to one of our members and say, would you get out of our house? They finally came to me one day and said, well, you know, we're not, we don't want to be pushy. But if you ever think about, I said, oh, thank God, we do. We want that house. How soon can you get out, you know? Where we're sitting now, they used to live, your family used to live right around in this area. But that was a God thing. But that was, that was the biggest number we've ever talked about here. And then we talked about buying that property. And then we, were, we knew it would be millions of dollars to build the church. But we didn't even talk about that yet. We were just talking about the property. Now here we are after COVID where all the prices of everything have sky, skyrocketed. And we want, we're talking about putting up a family life center with a gymnasium and classrooms and a nice... Uh, commercial kitchen, a nice fellowship area, and folks, I'm just going to tell you, it's not going to cost $10,000 or $100,000 or $500,000. We're talking about a million-dollar project here, so you better get your faith hats on because I looked at the bank statement. We don't have a million dollars in the bank right now. So I went, I went, we've been talking about this building for a few months. I went back to Brother Bunch the other day and said, I just needed somebody to say, yeah, this is, this is good. This is God. You know, because every once in a while, you say, I went to yeah, no, brother, you know, you know this, you know what we're talking about here. He said, yes, we need this building. This is God's church. This is, we need, God knows we're not building it for, we're not building it to live in. We're building it to grow and have soul and teach kids and, and fellowship. And so it's God. So you know what? What is a million dollars to the Lord? I don't think that even registers on his radar. But it's going to register on yours. Amen. So boldness means, faith means we step at our own resources. Nope, don't have it. But such as I have. This is what they had to get. Such as I have. What, was, what did they have? They had the power of God. They had the supernatural anointing in that. They had faith and they had boldness. 
they had bold. Now let me wrap this up here. I told you this morning I wasn't going to preach but 25 minutes or more. So well, let me finish this up. Verse 6 of chapter 3. Peter said, don't have silver and gold. So here, first of all, I feel the Lord saying this to us. Do not be distracted or discouraged or divided by what we don't have. We're going to look at, I'm not here talking about the building, but this is one of the things on our radar right now. We're going to look at the need, and we're going to look at what we have, and we're going to be tempted to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Beggar, we don't have what you need. But, such as I have, but, don't have silver and gold, that's what you think you need, but I do have something, such as I have give I thee. I'm here to tell you, if you have the Holy Ghost, you have everything you need to be used by the Lord, to be a blessing, to pray. Brother uh, Chris, I saw the look on your face a while ago when I said, come here. Sister Bryce came up here. She needs a healing in her body. She needs a miracle. And I started to go to Brother um, Gunderman because I wanted to pray for her. I felt led to pray, and the Holy Ghost said, call Chris up here. So I went right by him, and I went to Chris. Chris said, me? <laughs> yes, you. His mom needs a miracle. Amen? I know his dad's a pastor, and I know his dad pray the prayer of faith but his dad's a husband of a woman who needs a miracle I've been there you don't feel like a pastor when it's your wife you feel like a husband you need somebody to come alongside you and I know it's your mama Chris but I believe God is going to use you in a supernatural way and the boldness you felt did you feel it when we prayed for her <clears throat> I could see it coming inside of you that's just indicative of what's going to happen to you to you to you, to you. You've already got the Holy Ghost. The devil's greatest hope is not that you won't get the Holy Ghost. It's too late. You've already got it. His greatest hope is that you will not have the boldness to let it move in your life. That full of the Holy Ghost, his greatest hope is that you, full of the Holy Ghost, will walk up to lame beggar situations and say, oh, I wish I had the money, but I don't have the money. But as you walk away, we'll be praying for you. Yeah. Timidity. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Anxiety. Now, let me tell you before I close, I know what I'm talking about. Most of you only know me as a preacher. You don't know my nature is not to be a preacher. I am not a public speaker. I, I, I am not. I, am, I did not ever in my youth say, oh, I think what I'd like to do for a living is talk in front of people. I was shy by my nature. I'm an introvert. By my nature, I'm shy. If you ask anybody that knew me uh, before 14-ish, they'll say, I remember one lady from Sanders Church said, I heard you were preaching. I said, she said, I said, Ronnie? <laughs> that was Ronnie and Ron is like Saul and Paul. <laughs> when I was Ronnie, I wouldn't have got up in front of anybody and done anything. You mentioned, you mentioned public speaking, they'd be like, where's Ronnie? I'd been gone. But I got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost called me to preach. And I argued with the Lord. I was like Moses. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a speaker. You must mean somebody else. And when he finally got it through my heart that I can use any. Didn't one of our young men, Mason, said, I think he, I think he said something like, I don't know. <laughs> God can use anybody. I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's about as real as you can get right there. God used Jonah. I don't know. God can use anybody. I don't know, but God knows. God can use anybody. He can turn anybody's life around. Amen. He can, he can make an introvert and make him a, an extrovert or just use you as an introvert. and make a, Some of us just need to be converted introverts. Amen. Need that Holy Ghost to do a work in us. 
and we need to we need to have boldness. Now I don't care if you turn into an extrovert or an introvert, or as long as you're not a pervert, I guess I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's the anointing or not, but it's a pretty good joke. I do wish I'd stayed down there when I said it. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> Listen, all the good preaching that's been done here today, that's what's going to be on YouTube later. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Your personality doesn't come into this. It's your, it's, are you bold enough to speak up and let the Lord use you? Amen? Ephesians 4.20. Bring that up real quickly. Music's coming. Ephesians 4.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, Watch this, according to the power that worketh in us. Now let me just flip that. Let, let me flip the comma. Say it like this. According to the power that works in us, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We get it turned around. We think what he's saying is, He's able, to do, uh, he's able to do all this stuff, and he's able to do it for us. And He's able to do it because of the power that's in us. But we've got to flip that boldness switch on. We can't be timid here. Amen? So step out, step out, step out, come out. Wherever you are, you've got the Holy Ghost. We're in the last days. The Lord wants to use you in new Ways. Let the, let the Holy Ghost move and speak through you. There are some of you that God is going to use you in uh, conversations with people on the job site or your neighborhoods. Get out of your house. Listen, I'm, really, I'm reaching for you here today. I'm reaching for you here. Get out of your houses. Um, get out in your neighborhoods. Don't be a, don't be a, a, a recluse. Get out. Um, the Lord showed me here a while back, you, you know, I, I think I shared it with you that I, I'm praying, you know, I'm praying every morning, God, lead me to somebody that's hungry. Lead me to somebody that's thirsty. I can't do that and then go sit in my recliner all day. How's he going to lead me anywhere? So the Lord showed me, you know, I mean, I've got my little routines like most of you do. I go to the gym. I go to Starbucks. I go to church. I usually try to come by here and spend some time, prayer. I go home. Gym, Starbucks. Church, home. You look at my phone, if it tracks me, that's about, there's a big surf. I just, that's about what I do all the time. It's very, I get in my truck, so my smartphone pops up. The gym is four minutes away. Starbucks is four minutes away. Turning Point Apostolic Church, three minutes away. That's pretty predictable. I'd love it to just say, lost soul looking for the truth. Five minutes away. That's right, Lord, show me where to go. So rather than going to the uh, drive through at Starbucks, I'm going to start going and sitting in Starbucks. Uh, you know, instead of going to the gym, leaving my AirPods in, I've told you about this before, I'm going to take them out. I'm going to have conversations with people. Make eye contact with people. God will lead you. So God, some of you are thinking, I, do, I don't like, I sat at breakfast with somebody just a couple days ago. I won't tell you who they were. They go to church here, but so I won't embarrass them. But, you know, they're talking about how they just, they, they're introverted. They're don't, not comfortable talking to people. I get that. That's me. You wouldn't think that's me, but that is me. I can amen that. But I also know this. If Peter, can you imagine Peter and John going up to the lame beggar? And the lame beggar says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're just introverts we're just trying to get the church to pray please don't bother us we're not we're not people persons we're not in the mood for a conversation come on I'm trying to help you here I know you were born that way but you've been born again I have no idea whether Peter and John were introverts or extroverts don't matter Bible doesn't even use the words introverts or extroverts just use born again got the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost boldness. So come on, I know some of you are shy by nature. I'm not telling you you got to be the most people-oriented people in the world, but you do have to open your mouth. you got to make eye contact with people. Get out of your shell. Go around other people. For crying out loud, souls are at stake. Souls are at stake. You may not go to Africa and preach as a missionary, but 
You might go down the road. God's calling some of you to McDonald's. God's calling some of you to Starbucks. God's calling some of you to Walmart. That's your mission field. Man, I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. According to the power that works in you, that has nothing to do with your personality, that has nothing to do with you being shy or not being shy, the power that works in you, let that come out. Peter didn't say, oh, no, we're just not Peter. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but such as I have, give I thee. And then they get over in Acts 4, and the Bible starts talking about this word boldness. Let me show you this. Stand with me. If you don't mind, stand. In chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, when they saw the boldness. In verse 29, the Bible says, this is their prayer. Listen to me. Not once do you see the New Testament church praying for revival. Don't check out yet. Brother Hawkins, you mean we shouldn't pray for revival? Not necessarily telling you that, but I'm going to tell you this. They didn't pray for revival. They prayed for boldness. You know what? You want to know why? This is our. This is our. Um, this is our interpretation of praying for revival. Go to our prayer closet. God, send a revival to Ellensville, Lord. God, give family revival. God, get a hold of my family. God, deal with my family, Lord. Revival in the, among the prodigals. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that prayer, except for you're doing it from your prayer closet. And what you're really doing when you say, God, speak to somebody, you're his body. When you're saying, God, reach, you're his hands. When you say, your kingdom come, your will be done, you're his kingdom. He's going to do it through you. So this isn't remote control. This is the way some of us pray, God. Revival, Lord, send it, send it. I'm going to be here in my prayer closet. What God's saying is put the remote away. Revival's not remote control. Revival's really saying, God, here, pray this. Lord, I've got the Holy Ghost. God, I believe that revival is in me. Brother, revival is in you. You are revival. You're revival. Praise the Lord, sister. Revival. You're revival. You are, you got the Holy Ghost. You're revival. So when you say, God, send a revival done slipped up you just done said Lord send me can't do it without boldness can't do it without boldness you'll hide you'll shut up you'll clam up you'll let, let brother brother Gunderman's good at that kind of stuff let him handle that we'll send him you're good at that kind of stuff sister Lana you just don't know it yet you're good at that kind of stuff. Allison, you just don't know it yet. I love those smiles. Man, those are good smiles. You're good at that stuff. Missy, you just don't know it yet. The power that works in us. Some of you watch Sister Evans and watch Brother Gunderman and you watch Brother Worthen and you watch some of these people that are up here so bold, so bold so bold that's not her that's not him that's not him that's the Holy Ghost and one day, I don't know when it was but one day she just decided they, they just decided, some of these folks just decided you know what, I got the Holy Ghost I might as well just let it go I might as well just unleash it. I might as well not worry about what anybody thinks about it. I might as well not worry. I just might as well just let it go. Just let God have his way. And that boldness comes from the Holy Ghost that's in you. Hallelujah. So you can walk up and say, I don't have any 
the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Can you imagine the boldness that it takes? Come on, brother. Can you imagine the boldness that it takes to say to a man, get up and walk? You've got that in you. You've got, you've got that in you. Let it go. Let it go. There are people in your life that are waiting for you to just get bold enough to speak it. They did not pray for that man to be healed. Look at it. It's easy to say, Lord, heal them. God, touch them over there. Can you imagine the boldness that it takes to say, get up and walk. It was in them. Just got to get it out here. What's in you, get it out here. Some of you, you want to pray for somebody, but you're just afraid of what might happen. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what's the worst going to happen? What's the worst going to happen? They stay plain. Some of you, oh, I don't know what would happen. Well, it might happen. Not, but here's the problem. If you don't pray for them and they stay lame, that might be your fault. If God laid it on your heart to pray. But if God lays it on your heart and you pray and they stay lame, that's not your fault. If you witness to somebody and they stay lost, that's not your fault. So I just decided this. I'm going to be wrong once in a while. <laughs> I'm going to mess up whether I do godly stuff or sinful stuff, whether I walk in the spirit or walk in the in the faith so or, or flesh. So I think if I'm going to mess up anyway, I'm just going to walk in the spirit. If I'm going to mess up once in a while, anyway, I'm going to walk by faith. If I'm going to mess up, I'm not going to mess up in my flesh. I might mess up trying to overextend myself in the Holy Ghost, but I don't want that boldness to ever leave me. God, give me boldness. Give me boldness in this day to be used by you. God, when you tell me to pray, to pray. When you tell me to witness, to witness. When you tell me to reach out, to reach out. Come on, I want some, I want some old-fashioned boldness to baptize me. How about you? Praise the name of the Lord. Come on up around the front of the church, would you? I want to pray over this congregation. Now, hey, I want you introverts to come first. So you people that are real already bold, give these other folks. They're real timid. They'll let you beat them out here. So let the, let, the, let the timid people come first. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, if I was sitting out there, I would be coming to this altar right now because that's me. I'm, I'm describing me. See, look, I can't even get him up here. Come all the way up. Toes touching the other. That's it. I'm not going to hurt you. Come on, ladies. Come on. I'm t this is good stuff. I knew when I said it, when, I, when the Lord told me to give an altar call this way that I was going to have to get you there and then up here. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. Oh, I love this. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Now, the rest of you people that aren't so just come on up around them. Make them feel real uncomfortable. No, just kidding. Let me tell you what's going on right now. The devil is scared out of his head. Because he's already figured out. You see Ryan over there? Look at that. The devil's already figured out, you know what? He's so bold, I'm giving up on him anyway. He's crazy. He's crazy for Jesus. I'm not even. So he's already kind of figured him out. Sister Evans, a long time ago, the devil said, I'm not going to shut her up. He gave up on you. Brother, Brother Gunderman, what are you doing up here anyway in this crowd? But he gave up on you a long time ago. But some of the rest of you, he thought, you know what? If I just keep them quiet, they, they're not going to pray. They won't, he's never going to pray. For, he's never going to pray for her. He's never going to lay hands on his mom and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, watch me. He's scared to death right now. He's scared to death right now that you're going to go witness to somebody. Tell somebody about Jesus. You're going to have enough boldness to say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You're going to. So. You know what I say to that, Brother Denny? I just say, Devil. Deal with it. This is who we are. We've got the Holy Ghost. And now we're going to pray for boldness on God's people. And God is going to use you, not with the new anointing, the same anointing you've already got. But you're going to be used in new ways. Amen? All right. Now listen, I know who I'm praying for here. 
I'm not asking you to jump. I'm not asking you to leap. I'm not asking you to speak out in tongues. I'm not asking you to go give a word of wisdom. I just want you to open your hearts. I just want you to be open to what God would do, okay? Again, you may not ever be the one going, but if you could just be the one that when a door opens, you could step through it and say, that was my story. Let me tell you what happened to me. Jesus. When you, Some of we, we can't even say Jesus in front of people. We get nervous. But you're going to have a new boldness. Raise your hands. Would you do it? Raise your hands right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for a fresh baptism of Holy Ghost boldness to come upon your people. God, you know their personalities. But God, you can use every personality. And so right now, I find spirits that would come against your people being used. I bind spirits of timidity, spirits of fear, spirits of shyness, any spirits of anxiety. First of all, I cast those spirits out. You have no place in the body of Christ. And God, I pray right now for a baptism of Holy Ghost boldness to come upon your people, that we're going to be able to speak into people's lives. We're going to be able to pray over people and they'll be delivered. They'll be set free. They'll be healed. They'll be saved. We're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to pray for lame beggars and they're going to get up and walk. We're going to pray for drug addicts and they're going to be delivered. We're going to pray for alcoholics and they're going to be delivered. We're going to pray for our neighborhoods and they're going to have revival. We're going to pray for our jobs and they're going to have revival. We're going to pray over our family. We're going to pray over people in Walmart and pray for people in the restaurants. We're going to have a Holy Ghost boldness come upon us. And God, you will use them. You will reach through them. You will speak through them. You will use them in mighty ways. Come on now, just begin to give God praise. Step out. Step out. Speak out. Come on, just begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. All right, now, raise your hands. Open your mouth. Just begin to pray to the Lord. Lord, out loud. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you. God, I praise you, Lord. I thank you for this boldness you're going to give me, God. It's already on me. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost that you've already given me, Lord. It's already there. Devil, you're too late. I've already been filled with this thing. Now I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to be activated in it. I'm going to be used by the power that is in me. And God, you're going to do powerful things. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in me. Come on. Come on, just worship the Lord for a little while. Chains are a miracle can happen. A miracle can happen. A miracle can happen. 